Welcome back, America. I'm Hugh Hewitt, joined by former Vice President Mike Pence. Good morning, Mr. Vice President. Welcome back to the Hugh Hewitt Show. Good morning, Hugh. Great to be with you. Thanks for having me on. Well, I'm sorry I stepped on your big story yesterday with the interview with Donald Trump. You gave an important speech on conservatism and populism. So I'd like to have you at least recap for people the core message that you delivered yesterday. Uh, you bet. Look, I'm, I'm running for president of the United States because I think this country's in a lot of trouble. I think Joe Biden has weakened America at home and abroad. And I think the choice that we face uh, in the Republican Party is not just not just who will be our standard bearer, but what we will stand for. Uh, and you know me a long time, Hugh. You know, I'm, I'm somebody that has long believed in that that conservative agenda, you know, really first brought to the White House by Ronald Reagan, a commitment to a strong national defense, American leadership in the world, fiscal responsibility reform, the right to life and values. But I, I believe that both my former running mate and many of his imitators in this Republican primary uh, are now giving voice to uh, a, a new Republican populism and uh, uh, that would walk away from American leadership on the world stage, literally ignore our national debt crisis and wants to marginalize the right to life to be a state's only issue. And I, for my part, want, want people to know that I'm, I'm going to stand strong on that broad-based conservative agenda. Uh, and when people look at my record, not just as vice president in, a, in an administration that did govern as a conservative administration, but also my years as a conservative governor and as a, as a leading House conservative for 12 years in the Congress, People will see that I'm I'm uh, the most proven, the most tested, the most qualified conservative in this race, and I believe that staying true uh, to that common sense agenda uh, that has defined our movement, our party over the last 50 years, is not just a it's not just a pathway to victory, Hugh, but I also believe it's a pathway toward restoring America's strength and prosperity. Uh, Mr. Vice President, it's a bit of a tortoise and a hare race with Vivek playing the hare. And you are the tortoise with the Constitution on his back. And I'm glad. You and I have not actually changed much in 25 years. We're saying the same things we say. And is it going to work, though? Is there enough time for that to work and to appeal to the distant echoes of the Reagan conservatives, which a lot of young people just don't believe in anymore? Yeah, well, look, I, I look, uh, you know, Ronald Reagan uh, left the White House four decades ago. He left this earth three decades ago. Uh, and, but but people that say that these timeless principles that predated Reagan, he, you know, Reagan was the first one to say that, he, you know, he said people call me a great communicator, but I, I actually just communicated great things that came from the heart of a great nation. I mean, this is these are principles that that you articulate every day on the airwaves across the country here that really go to the very heart of the American founding to the Constitution uh, and to all the things that have always made America strong and true. I'm, I, I'm convinced that the, the majority of Republicans, uh, independents, and many Democrats want to see us continue to be the leader of the free world with a strong military, willing to stand with our allies, stand up to our enemies. The majority of Americans know we've got to confront this debt crisis. But Joe Biden's policy is insolvency. He won't even talk about the massive uh, debt crisis being driven by entitlements in this country, um, and frankly, you know, the former president's position and many in the Republican field also are walking away from a commitment to fiscal responsibility and reform. So uh, to me, that, that's the choice that we have. It's not between personalities, uh, but there are, there, are, uh, there are good men and, uh, and a good woman that are 
outstanding in this race so far, and uh, and uh, uh, but I have differences and have had differences with them in the past and today. But this is really about the country. It's really about the direction of our party, and uh, and I think this this choice between whether we're going to stay true to that that time-honored conservative agenda or whether we're going to follow the siren song of populism unmoored to conservative principles is really why uh, yesterday in New Hampshire I said we've come to a Republican time for choosing. Uh, Mr. Vice President, I said to the former president yesterday, I said to Governor Christie earlier today, the big great white shark issue below the waves, the Jaws issue, is what happened in COVID. And I asked the former president, why was Dr. Fauci the decider in chief? And he said he wasn't. And uh, Chris Christie said what he saw he was. You were there. Why was yeah. Tony Fauci in charge of so much for so long? Well, look, uh, you know, uh, the former president uh, assembled a task force early, early in 2020. Uh, the end of February, I mean, he had added health experts, including Dr. Fauci, to the team. In late February, he asked me to lead the task force as it became more clear that we were headed into uh, not only the worst pandemic in America in 100 years, but a global pandemic. And I, I, I will tell you, in the in the early days, I felt like uh, I felt like Dr. Fauci stayed in his lane. When I became uh, when I became the leader of the COVID task force, I actually added Larry Kudlow. And I added the Treasury Secretary uh, Stephen Mnuchin to the task force because I knew that whatever temporary steps we would need to take to marshal the kind of supplies that our healthcare workers and hospitals would need, uh, that the most important thing is that we would be able to open up America and get the economy moving again. But, you know, frankly, I think uh, when, when Joe Biden emerged as the Democrat candidate, when he began to kind of lift Dr. Fauci up and say that he was going to turn things over to Dr. Fauci, I, I felt that his uh, I felt that that Fauci's public posture changed uh, and, uh, and and no surprise that when Biden came in, he turned everything over to Fauci. And next thing you knew, uh, we had vaccine mandates being imposed on the American people, which never would have happened uh, under our team. Look, China was responsible for the covid pandemic. Schools should have never been closed. Vaccines should have never been mandated. And uh, uh, but he was he was part of that task force of President Trump assembled early on. But I think the I think the the way that Joe Biden demagogued the issue uh, of the pandemic and promised to put Fauci in charge ended up changing his posture and his tone as time went on. Now, Mr. Vice President, I don't want to call anyone on the air a liar or a deceiver, but Dr. Fauci actively misled me on gain of function research. I mean, actively misled me as he did the American people on masks. Do you believe he misled you during his time as an advisor to the panel in which you chaired the response. You know, I, I just will never understand. I, I sat at the end of that table in the Situation Room every single day with the task force, and I lost count on the number of times that Dr. Fauci insisted to me that it could not have come from a Chinese lab, uh, even though the the head of the CDC, uh, a, a, a virologist, but with his background, sat at the end of the table and, and shook his head and said, "No, it came from a lab." I mean, I wrote about that in my book, and uh, you know, all the all that what's come out about about uh, taxpayer dollars flowing into gain of function research is it, 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 it's very troubling to me. But I, I I will tell you, I'm convinced today that the COVID pandemic came from that Chinese lab in Wuhan. Uh, China needs to be held accountable for that uh, in the in the days ahead. 
I'm president of the United States. We're going to hold them accountable for their impact on our nation. But I, I still, I, I don't understand uh, why all throughout that time at that table and the, in the task force in the situation room, Dr. Fauci just insisted it could not have come from a lab when it, it appears now that uh, it came from no other place. Now, uh, Mr. Vice President, I want to talk about China, and you've raised it just timely. Yesterday, I asked the former president about an article that came out yesterday. At the summer gathering of the elders of China, which happens every year, it was reported that the elders rebuked Xi Jinping for his style of leadership. Uh, Former President Trump said on the show yesterday, they'll all be executed by the end of this week. What do you think is going on over there, and how ought we to respond to China's many aggressive actions everywhere? Well, look, I, I've met President Xi, uh, represented our country uh, uh, at international conferences where he and I both spoke. I gave a very, very tough speech uh, on China at the very same conference the afternoon. He, he gave a tough speech pushing back on an unnamed country that uh, they, had, they had made it clear they were going to continue to challenge economically, meaning us. Look, uh, China only understands strength and only understands power. And the fact that Joe Biden has literally been working to cut military spending since he came into office. Uh, And uh, and in fact, you look at that recent debt ceiling deal, frankly, if they don't get all their 13 bills done, we'll have a one percent cut in defense spending in 2025 is unconscionable at a time that China is literally floating a new battleship in the Asia Pacific uh, every every month. So, you know, what what I'm saying is, is we've got to do two things. We've got to we. It's not about rebuilding the military anymore, Hugh. We've got to build a military fitted to the challenges in the 21st century. That means a 350-ship Navy. That means leaning into an effort. That means ending political correctness at the Pentagon. Second thing we've got to do is build on what we began to do in the Trump-Pence administration, which is limit access to our economy to China, just like we put those, those tariffs on, $250 billion until they end their military provocations, end the trade abuses, intellectual property theft. We brought them to the table, if you remember, that phase one trade deal in early 2020. Uh, I mean, they, they were at that table like at, at lightning speed. So, so they understand when we use the economic power of the United States, when we make a commitment to a strong national defense, uh, I, believe that we, I believe that we can keep <laughs> – uh, we can keep moving uh, both uh, President Xi uh, and uh, Communist China in the direction of, of uh, our interest and not theirs. But weakness arouses evil. And uh, President Joe Biden is projecting weakness on the world stage. And I believe that's the reason why we're continuing to see China engage in the kind of military provocations and, uh, and, uh, and aggressive behavior that they've engaged in in recent months. Mr. Vice President, last question. I, I saw at the, uh, uh, on ABC this weekend Governor Christie saying there will be a third debate in Tuscaloosa. I think there'll be 12 debates. I want them to evolve so that it's more about Biden and less about each other. How would you improve the rule set to make the debate more meaningful for people who are on the fence between candidates on the Republican side and whether or not they're going to support the Republican nominee versus the Democratic nominee? Well, the first thing I do is get Hugh Hewitt at the table. I mean, well, look, thank you. But, <laughs> but honestly, you've done a great job at those presidential debates, and I'm not trying to flatter you. I'm I'm very serious. Look, I was very, uh, you know, I was honored to be on that stage. We're looking forward in three weeks to being at the Reagan Library. And my, but my hope is 
with Fox Business hosting the next debate is that we talk more about the economy. I mean, look, the, the American people are not buying Bidenomics. Bidenomics is failing people of this country. I know, the, I know the Democrats are getting ready to run a big national TV campaign telling people, telling people things are great. They're not. Uh, I mean, it, inflation last year was at a 40-year high. Mortgage rates, 22-year high. I mean, we, we've got to get to solutions, and uh, that, that'll be what I'm driving for, that the solutions Republicans offer to get this economy moving and secure our country again. Very quickly, Mr. Vice President, what's your website? MikePence2024.com. Thanks, Steve. Great to be with you. MikePence2024.com. Thank you, Mr. Vice President. Coming right back, Lisa Nelson of ALEC is next on The You Do It Show. <laughs> 